Hello and welcome to There Will Be Dungeons. It's There Will Be Dungeons for August 27th, 2021 and two, sorry, 2022. And we're going to play D&D today and uh, we're excited to do it. It's pot- brought to you in part by our friends at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. Go get the latest and the greatest and the best teas on the planet over at phoenixpearltea.com slash TWBD. Uh, and now, without any further ado, I pass it to uh, Kristen, who will catch us up on what happened, feels like a month ago, on There Will Be Dungeons. Last time on There Will Be Dungeons, they considered their course carefully. Nash would hand his heart over and they would exit to Earth, toss in the triangulosphere, and pound the principal. Though ready to reveal the ruminations, Brent was busy, so they waited. They drank drinks, sought Sinatra, and then munched meals, but none settled for sinning. Bored, the bartender blew his cover. It was Brent, sad no one had succumbed to the lengthy list of pleasures provided. He took back the ticker and the team was whisked back to Earth. They made it to the mines while war raged. While war raged, the egg deposited by the demons was beginning to burst. It was heavily hinted the triangulosphere should wait as magic would be needed to maim the monster. Troops were tasked with pushing to the principal's lair to secure the triangulosphere while the four readied for the next cause of combat. Now rejoin our heroes and their forces as the battle rages for the fate of the wide and weird world of The Wastes. We place it in the capable hands of our DM, Bo. Bo, take it away. Capable. Um, <laughs> all right. We, uh, after some time being away, we will resume our session from an aerial view of the Great Canyon in the center of a round sphere of mountains where the solar mines is found. There, uh, groups of Elhendari elves equipped with empathetic weaponry uh, round up the citizenry of suburbia and various prisoners at Toyota host who've given up into various locations to be controlled as the area around the solar mines uh, fully rests under the control of the heroes and their allies. The uh, fate six newly uh, back in commission rests upon the ground. And as we zoom in, Varel, Nash, Hope and Stanley were last pondering their next course of action, wondering which corner of the universe they could find a solution from to solve the problem of the World Breaker. An unknown enemy called a Tarasque by those in the know that's seemingly been impregnated, has impregnated the planet and is the final wound through which this world has suffered. The only thing the heroes know is that it is a formidable foe. Also worth mentioning, just while we're at it, elves remain deep below the solar mines, in the chamber where the principal was met. They are waiting for the Celeli Prime's command to roll this triangulosphere, a metal piece of geometry of a noble angle said to be able to heal the planet and reverse the wounds that the dragons caused a thousand years ago. The sun's beginning to set. So we don't know the status of the principal. He just disappeared in a Brent blink. 
Yeah, after Stanley talked Brent into a better deal, uh, having no more use for the principal and his uh, failure at receiving providing the full payment for the loan of the dragon metal heart blinked him out of existence to where you don't know and the triangulosphere will not have an effect on the Tarask, or are those two things related in our minds it hasn't been presented to you as a weapon um, the main issue is that one of the conditionals of healing the world, which is encased in mana wave radiation, would be the recession of magical possibilities. Earth is a backwater in realm space and uh, an area of mundane nature. So the going knowledge is that doing so would reverse any magical abilities you have and may put you on a more difficult footing when facing the Tarrasque and in, in losing the primary capabilities of two party members in addition to other benefits that magic might provide that you might want to cash in on before healing the planet and returning it to its lame non-magical status full of trees and, and water though and then there was something in the prison we did not get that was the the eye, eye? okay so that was unrelated to the principle. There wasn't another phylactery in there or anything. Right. To your knowledge, that was implied, right? So, yes. Um, that that Hope was being sent there to recover the rest of the items because for a time, Brent was relying on Hope to assemble these things. And that's what Hope was doing with Team Evil. So, um, yeah, that would be your best that would be the implication. So that would be your knowledge is that the eye, which was the payment in full for the principal, would be there. However, you were to strike another deal, but you didn't actually strike a deal. So you're not really under any commitments to retrieve and deliver said item. However, you may have made an enemy <laughs> out of Brent. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any visible wounds we could fly to to investigate the global impregnation? Yeah, prior to landing, um, you guys took the ship. This is a while ago, but I did have a listen back. You did sort of do like a bit of a detour to go look at one of the wounds up to the north towards the area where Principal City is located. If you have Roll20 open, the map is there. So you'll see the solar mines are south of the great principal city, or once was uh, the great principal city. This is an outdated map now. But um, it is, you flew to the north to have a look, and you saw large, um, like, breaks in the ground, places where either lava or a purple fluid was sort of bubbling, sort of a mix of the purple and the lava, and, and smoldering into the air. Um there's a great gash in the planet there. Roll you 20s. didn't catch sight of the beast, however. Roll 20 working for everybody else? I had some trouble logging in. I had to refresh and try again to get it to work. Yeah, same. Refresh and try again. Okay, now it looks like it's working. I think. Okay, yeah. There we go. Chat, you can see it now.
Uh, other factors of note, uh, the High Alpha Mantelodar expressed great concern about allying with the principal. Although, you know, Stanley's a leader, so they trust in his decisions, but his reaction was not a good one. Chrysorius mm. was quite practical in his responses to say that we still have work to do, so that's how we got to the arrangements we got to. But you were left alone at the end of the episode to contemplate your course of action. Some ideas which were floated last week were heading to the White Tower, trying to get the aid of a, of a good god, <laughs> um, heading to Sigil, and looking for solutions to various problems where uh, Stanley did a knowledge check um, to see you know, who might help us with the principal, with this t- world breaker, who might have such knowledge, while well, Sigil might be a great place to start making inquiries uh, as a somewhat center of its own universe. Problem is, we don't know how to get back there. Right, and I had an outstanding question about the traversal. So your, your ship can traverse through play, uh, prime material space. It could travel to other planes, but it would need a means to do so. It's not built into the ship's capability to travel to other planes. So you need to find a, a gate, just as Badass T found a gate to fly you guys back to the prime material. What a way to thank a guy who rescued you from Prime Material, by the way. He's, you know he's what? But he life. also destroyed the gate back, so really F him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, he didn't think you'd need it, but sure. Yeah, this is your game, your choice. You, <laughs> you can choose to do as you wish. And, you know, we told him not to kill that guy. He killed the guy anyway. He did it. And, uh, you know, I think you reap what you're so, badass T. Yeah. You're right where you belong. Kind of a poo-poo head. werewolf jail. Remind me, uh, we Nash is now, um, well, he's a heartless bastard, really, truly. Uh, but he has no, he, I can't do any dragon stuff and I'm not immortal anymore, right? You've had your dragon metal heart removed and returned to Brent. You are now but a man. I'm a butt man. I don't know if I'd say heartless, though. You, you kind of have more of a heart than you ever did. Yeah, it's a true heart, I guess. You're right. Yeah, and by the way, you're like, I'm a cold bastard. Meanwhile, Stanley's like, screw that ass He made one little mistake, so he's forever consigned to it's immortal not one. world jail. It's a lifetime of mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was naturally like, no, I'm the heartless bastard. Like, what have you done? You raised a family and saved the world? No, it just means I don't have a, I'm a heart and, I've, and I'm a bastard, like in the literal sense. See? Oh, right. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. So I'm a heartless bastard child. I just thought it was yeah, okay. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. I took it the different way. Is in the uh, you know. Yeah, like I was an a hole. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was there a rip in space? Um. Well, there are several rips in space. The only the only uh, openings in space were the ones used to traverse uh, great distances through the Fate Six. Didn't the Carasto get impregnated via space rip? Mm, there probably was a space rip, but that was impregnation by the Weir, and the Weir realm has likely collapsed into oblivion at this point. Okay, cool. At least if there is a tear somewhere in the sky, you're going to have to investigate and look for it in the Earth's atmosphere. So we have one primary threat, and then we have uh, mystery side quests when it comes to the principal's location as well as perhaps fortifying against Brent's future interactions. Yes. In, in terms of objectives, to save your planet and return it back to normalcy, 
all you have to do is destroy the world breaker and insert the triangosphere and the heroes have completed their mission the okay principal while an antagonist is wanting to change everything to chrome um He's also Nash's dad. Maybe killing him's not. The, I don't know what you want to do with that. That that could be an objective or not. That's he's a sometimes enemy, sometimes ally kind of status. I would say over the course of things. And apart from that, there's just whatever your characters want to do with the, the future of your lives, and any other unresolved conflicts you have out there in the cosmos. You want. <laughs> Varel definitely has a few enemies. Uh, he may not wish to pursue them. Uh, but uh, Nash's got family rearing to do. He's got to figure out how to manage planet Nash. Stanley is the leader of an entire race of people. They may not want to stay on Earth. He's got to maybe find a home, a new home for them. Something I don't know if Stanley's thought about. And uh, Hope has a kingdom to rebuild or to give away to someone else in search of her own destiny. I don't know what's going to happen with Hope. A lot of turmoil there. And how big was this egg that went into the planet? Are we talking? Uh, there, so when it happened, there was just this massive dump of <laughs> massive dump. This massive, uh, you know, uh, it wasn't really an egg. Like it was some force of energy that got dropped into the world and caused a great earthquake. So I don't know if egg qualifies at this point. Yeah, seen an egg. Yeah, uh, we sent that team down to secure the triangulosphere. So what we could do is take the ship to go get a better look at the monster, and then decide from there. I mean, that wouldn't be bad intel to have, right? Just because it's not going to take us that far out of our way anyway. Can we be undetected and not? I well, yeah. Know. I mean, it was just gashes. I don't know if you can. Undetected is a strategy you'll have to go with. You'll be flying in the air, but um, hmm. there are no forces that you know you have to worry about except the one creature. So, yeah, you can be cautious. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the, the world is yours. The decision to move forward is yours. And of course, any questions you have, I'll answer them to the best of my ability. There were earthquakes earlier, right? When we were down in Principal City, or um. The solar mines and the principles, yes. and that we associated with the the beast in the planet. Yes. So we got a time limit there. Uh, as for what order we should do the two objectives in, I have you know meta knowledge in my head that it's hard to get over. But Burrell would have no opinion on magic users. You just want to go beat up the beast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm all about. Renan Ash should be all about let's let's kill it and finish the work, right? Like, if the if the we're going to send the world back to its its state of bliss, and we all going to lose any magic we have, it's just got to rip off that bandaid and go. But I don't want to. He wouldn't want to eliminate. Um, possibilities that would make all of this more efficient. I meaning, you know, I don't want to just go to our deaths here. Uh, keep in mind, just as a point of, so just to make sure you think of it, you would be losing your magic if you remained on Earth. 
or in this area. So either way. So I'm just saying, if you get to a point where you save Earth but want to retain your magic, you could go anywhere in the universe and still be magical. Can I take the wife and kids with me? Well, you'd have to ask them. <laughs> but I'm in theory, I'm yes. Sorry, they're no, permitted to tra- traverse the universe as well, so long as you have a, a the, the requisite means to travel. Well, I would want them not there when it happened, because if it happens in a snap and one of them is per- currently in boot form, they'll stay a boot, right? Or would they turn? Would they turn human? Oh no, I don't think their their ability to shapeshift would necessarily. It might be magical in nature, but it's an eight and eight. Or maybe they would get stuck. I hadn't thought of it to be honest with you. We'll have to see. Okay, that's an unknown. But magical objects would still work. It would be the personal connection to magic that would suffer. I would think so. So the magic is granted in this area by the mana wave radiation that left over from the Great War a thousand years ago when the dragons came. So. Yes, magical abilities that the that you've gained here would be affected, but yes, anything with some innate magical properties probably would not be affected. So, yeah, I think mag- I think that's right. Magical items as of sufficient potency would generate its own magical energy. Yeah, I think that's right. That's how that's how that's my sense. Okay. Well, uh, so like I said, I'm I, it, the name Tarask. It's like I'm, I'm overwhelmed with meta knowledge and thoughts. But something I could do outside of that idea is we can come up with a plan of where we take it once it's up. You know, we don't really know since it was a laser how big it's gonna be. Yeah. But we have the Stormlands there we could maybe, you know, bait it into. Or something particularly badass would be if we lead it back to the canyon that passes through from Slave Town to Principal City. And we ride a train full of explosives underneath it while it's stuck in the canyon. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. That's pretty good. How intelligent is a Tarask? I, I will admit, I've never had. Well, any I mean, that's that's kind of the thing because I'm in the same boat as as Kyle, where I don't think I know as much, but like I know essentially we're dealing with D and D Godzilla, and so there's a part of me that's like, well, don't we should probably prep and get an army and be ready and all of that, but it's like Stanley doesn't know that they've beaten everything they've gone up against. Yeah, you know, like I, I think. The, I think what the character would be inclined to do would be like, all right, we got to kill this creature first. Let's go get it. Okay. So maybe we play cautious and go, let's go look at it. <laughs> I don't know. Would you want to bring any of your elves, any of your elf army with us? No, because again, like, you know, we just killed a god, sort of. Like, why are we worried about this thing? I know why we should be worried about this thing, but like, why yeah. would Stanley be worried? I'm having about this heart. Thing? Yeah, that's where my head is too. Nash would have no well, idea. We, what we can worry about is how we're going to get back up if we go down into a crag and you know wind our way into the planet, and then it opens a big eyeball at us. We want to get out of there so we don't get buried alive. So as long as we have a teleport of some kind to get us back up instantly. Should it start walking around, then we can do the baiting idea of trying to get it to one of these awful places 
on the map. Or it might fly, you know, it could be like a custom monster and it could just take off flying and follow us into space or wherever we go. And in that case, there's all kinds of things like we could lead it to the storm outside the big pyramid or what have you. All right, here's the idea. It's basically D&D Godzilla. The frog Hemoth turned into a giant butterfly, which is now D&D Mothra. We find it. We bring it back to fight it. Okay. <laughs> we have good old Mothra versus Godzilla throwdown. I don't, I don't hate that. That's <laughs> not a terrible idea at all. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know that it turned did it turn into a butterfly. It definitely flew into space. It I, think it, I think you said it turned into like a moth. Well, no, not a moth, a butterfly. I think it was a didn't butterfly. Lower legs. Because didn't the off? frog? Yeah, it got cut in half. Yeah, it we blew got, it up. It and got. Cut. I haven't forgotten about the frog emoth. He flew up, but I just think it was just his upper I half. Thought that he flew up yeah, I thought the upper half turned into like a pixie or something. I don't remember <laughs> the transformation. I just, but yes, he went into space and thanked you for freeing him. Yeah. Something like that. I just don't know. I just want to create expectations i just don't i'd have to look up whether or not he was a moth or not i don't remember that part <laughs> or, or a butterfly well sounds like we just need intelligence so as long as we can get out of there i say we go into the crag and see the size and scale of what we're dealing with and whether or not it's still gestating or if it's sleeping Yeah, I mean, Nash can always teleport us, but it takes a while to cast. Yeah. And he's pretty limited on where he can send us, but I believe one of your teleport locations is uh, Tiakala, right? I wrote it down. Hold on. One of his teleport locations is actually the White Tower, but we have to be on that plane of existence. Yeah. So here are my locations. White Tower, Tiakala, uh, Planet Nash, Mars Transforming Platform, and the Elhandar... Uh, what's that called? It's a C word, and I... I, I only started with <laughs> a C-A-D. C word. Well, a C-A-D. I don't know what... I don't know the rest of it. I don't know why I didn't finish the word. Elhandari Cad... Well, it blew up, so who knows where that? Oh, that's true. Yeah, that could. Oh no. Well, maybe that's Mars. Is no, that Mars. Cat? Mars transforming. Well, maybe Mars transforming platform. I have is one. Oh, okay. they had one on El Handar itself because I remember he went to go learn it at okay. one point. So that you but can probably remove that because that ship's slowing up. Okay, I'm taking it off. So you've got you've got a, a teleport at Tower Nash. Yep. Planet Nash. Oh, nice. White Tower, Tiakala, Planet Nash, and the transforming platform on Mars. Well, you guys can really get around, actually. That's pretty cool. How long's the teleport cast? It takes... Hold on. I was just looking for that. Uh, teleportation. Come on, Scott. Where is it, buddy? Oh, here it is. Teleportation circle. It is... I got my rare chalks, my inks, infused pressure gems. Uh, one minute. Oh, it's only a minute. What takes a long time is building the, the 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 destination, right? Yeah. So once okay. you have the de- yeah yeah you have to like learn it and yeah circle do ritual. But to yeah, go to I mean, one that's one already there isn't terrible unless you're in combat. Unless you're in combat, yeah. It's because then like combat's usually sometimes over. Six rounds, so you got to survive ten rounds. It's six seconds around, so ten. Oh rounds. yeah, it's a lot. 
You probably just kill whatever it is you're fighting. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. Unless it's like you're in a, in a war and the rounds just never stop. That would be kind of a fun epic moment, you know. I think that's why it's designed that way, though. So it's not a get out of dodge thing. You, you know, a minute later you're done with whatever you're running from. So. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but I, yeah, those those are all destinations that are currently set up. So this this minute out of combat is nothing. We could do it real easy. Do we still have? Um Tiny Hut or any of those sort of shield spells we could hang out in during that time? I don't think I have Tiny Hut anymore. Build a Tiny Hut on the Tarasque's back? I think I got rid of it. Just put your hand out and stab and get back in. (laughs) Double check. (laughs) I say I'm sure there's resistances against this, but I say we polymorph the Tarasque into a little snail. Yeah. We fly him out into space. Finally a solution. We go Good we idea. go to the prison, the space prison, and we just throw the snail through space at the prison and let momentum take care of the rest. Done. What else is there even to Done. do? <laughs> Done. He's, he's yep, gone. Solved it. Um, <laughs> I've got so many solutions for this that none of them are practical. <laughs> um, yeah, no tiny hut. Okay. Well, Varel's vote is still for going into the hole, finding the beast, and killing it, possibly. All right. I think Stanley would support that. I would, too. How would Hope feel? <laughs> hope is lost in thought as you ask her how she feels about the situation. All, all hope is lost. No, I suggested checking out what the what was going on oh, yeah, there you by did. the monster. Yeah, that's true. Is it the the pumping compound? Where are we going exactly in the crater of Principal City? Where are we going? Uh, so it would be in that area where the city is itself, because the city okay. blew up, right? Right. So there's a large explosion. So in that whole area, so are you saying the pumping compound? Yeah, just yeah, curious so if it's the city proper or if it's one of the areas around it. It would be all of that area. It would be like very large, like so. It wouldn't just be like the city. It would be like stretching to the pumping compound and south to Clench potentially. Okay. Yeah, the let's dump look. lands are still the dump lands though. Let's Always. do a big loop. Let's see if we can look at what the stormlands are too, and if that's a big old valley of storming, we could kite it through there. All right. Kite in a terrasque. I like it. Okay. All right. So you clamber up aboard the Fate Six, and the Ghost Crew solemnly greets you. Um, Uncle Sever looks to you and says, "We're off again. Then where are we off to?" Uh, well, we're gonna go ahead and see if we can get a better look at this uh, troublesome beastie that seems to be in the planet that we got to deal with, but uh, we don't know the size and scale of what we're dealing with yet, so we might also take a look at the nearby area, see if we can use any of the geography as a advantage of some kind. Sounds like a good plan to me. Well, Hope, you know how to make the ship go now. She's Hope all will. yours. Hope will nod and take control. All right. Start so flying. With that, she, uh, with great capability now, Ascends the Fate Six into the air as the sails 
reach full extension and the airship moves through the dusk sort of like dark purple skyline and as you move towards the north it takes a bit of time 10 or 20 minutes and already into sight you can begin to see glowing purples and reds uh, on the horizon itself and that sort of distortion that heat causes against uh, against the atmosphere when you see it from a distance as you approach closer and closer you see large veins of scars move out in a plethora of directions in a sea of broken land of, 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 of lava bubbling both red and purple bubbling up onto the surface and forming into rocks almost in a way creating a new mountain range in this strange way and um it seems to stretch on for a long period of time as you sort of crest the border where the lava starts underneath you you see it stretches on right on to the mountain ranges behind itself and that this whole area is now fomenting with with lava you don't see any physical creature or being but you hear the bubble, like the, the bubbling and percolating and the intensity like billows up to the boat and you can, you, everyone's starting to sweat from the heat, from the additional heat. And there's a loud gurgling as, as something is bubbling underneath the surface of the lava uh, for miles and miles, not just one little isolated area. It's this chorus of... All right. I would like to see if I can do a check to find any nearby caves that seem to be going down, but seems pretty faulty as there is lava flowing actively in the area. Yeah. Uh, you can roll a, a check if you have a perception check to see uh, if you can't find any advantageous terrain. 21. Uh, 21. Um... It really looks very hazardous down there. Any ground battle in that vicinity is going to be covered in this intensely hot, fresh bubbling lava, including like you can see on the mountain range cave entrances. You do see some like cavern entrances, some interesting rock formations, but they do seem highly vulnerable to potential flooding, depending on the size of the unknown size of the creature. Uh, nothing looks clearly safe. But as you make that observation and lean over and look, a large whoosh as something flies past your face for a and it flies past the boat in the wake of this disturbance um, actually pushes the boat, tilts it offside. Everyone make a dexterity saving throw, please. The ghosts will be fine. A six. 20. Oh, jeez. A 17. All right, Scott, what, what did you get? Six. <laughs> Hope. Not my best 13. All right, Hope and, Hope and uh, Nash both fly off the side of the boat as the ripple was hard enough that it tilted the boat, and you both go flying off the, the, the left side. The aft side I will immediately <laughs> kick in my uh, genetic float and try to grab her. All right, you try to grab her, make a acrobatics check as you try to do your catch. You can also do it with advantages. Uh, hope will aid you in your catch. 
All right, then my best score was a 10. Okay, so you attempt to catch Hope Miss, and her eyes grow wide as she begins to fall to her death. No. Can Stanley try to take control of the ship and, like, do a drop-down catch? Uh, you can, sure. <laughs> Stanley, immediately seeing Hope fly over the side, uh, runs to the controls. I mean, I figure I stand near the controls. I've seen her do it. I am uh, proficient at vehicle handling. Okay, then, uh, then so make a roll. Make a it's roll. It's worth a try. What do I got to roll? I never Your done vehicle, this vehicle handling. What's the modifier? It's a dex modifier, right? Uh, hope. So I just roll a dexterity for, check? For vehicle handling. Yeah, well, it's vehicle handling plus whatever bonuses you have, to like if you're trained or not. Oh, or right, not right. Piloting. My proficiency bonus. Oh, it's piloting. Dexterity. Yeah, dexterity. Okay. So that's I think you would be... just have your dexterity, and, but you also have like barred things that give you, like yeah, I'd get my proficiency right? bonus. Yeah, okay, then, so yeah, that'd be I, like I, a twenty-one, dex- I think. Okay, and so that thing you just that that you know bullshit you just spun together just now it <laughs> works out for you in that you you were observing and that you you know I can have- and you fly you fly the ship down there. The ship is heavy to maneuver, so you're gonna have to kick it the high gear. Uh, as you nose dip the, the the ship in order to catch her, so you start matching a momentum to her fall. Uh, hope the airship comes up by your side, uh, but it's still going to take some acrobatics to land and not smush like a a gnat. I don't know if anyone has any ideas on how how to help catch Hope. Yeah, I mean, you blast her with a feather fall. Oh, okay, perfect. All right then. Yeah, burn the slot, right? It's just a saving yeah. throw for yeah. yeah. Let's not let's not worry about rolls. It's not always okay. in our favor. Just use a spell, especially use at the magic. start when we're warming up. Yeah, okay. and I'll try to dice catch aren't you. hot yet. Oh, and Varel will try to catch you. So basically, sta- this is the order of operations: the ship nose dives down, matches her speed, slides under her. Then Varel stands underneath the catch. Stanley casts Featherfall, and Hope lands gently. In Varel's heroic arms, looking very romance novel like, like the full, the full landing, arms around Varel's neck, kind of thing. Little very explosion comical. Explosion of lava behind them. <laughs> 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 Poor Nash. No one thought. <laughs> and, about yeah, Nash is about ten miles up, still floating on his own in, in the sky. It's all right. I whipped out my umbrella d- uh, dildo and started s- swinging it. Umbrella. <laughs> 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 Some blood. sort of perverse uh, Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. porn parody Mary Poppins up there. <laughs> okay, I tried. Yeah. I failed. I couldn't help it. It's okay. Uh, you. It was. It was a lot even for you. Like it was <laughs> sudden. Um, hope. Uh, sorry, sorry. Nash, you float down. Although it's going to take like a few hours, so you better go up and pick him up, Stanley. <laughs> hours shouldn't take that long. You're slow. Yeah, but you're not. Uh, you move ten feet a turn, the ship can go at uh, the speed of falling, whatever that is, hundred miles an hour. It right. would be much faster if you were picked up, but you could pick, no. Pick things. me up, and I'll float towards you as you pick me up. Stanley raises the ship up towards him and maybe goes a little fast at him. <laughs> oh, does he need to make a saving throw? Or no, not that fast. Just okay. fast enough to where it's certainly a little harder than a feather fall landing. Okay. So you don't land evenly on your feet. You have to take a few steps when you land, and this is directly Stanley's fault for not making the landing gentle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll remember So you're that. aware. Yeah. You're aware that you were slighted by Stanley. 
Um, okay, so yeah, so uh, now that everyone's recovered and back on the ship, something did fly past, and Uncle Sever says, Oi, nephew, did you see that? I have no idea what it was. Uh, did anybody get eyes on it? Looks like some kind of big metal can. A rocket, maybe? It landed about there, Captain. And one of the one of the pirates, uh, ghost pirate, says as he points down to the ground, and you see, like, way down in, in, sand, in the sand below, this sort of um, break in the sand. What, what do they call that? <laughs> sand crater, break. Small little sand crater, just uh, dug in the sand where, where this metal thing hit. Stanley will stand up and, and sort of say, hope if you're feeling well enough to take the helm, I'm competent, but not confident. Uh, yeah, thank you. And hope we'll get back to piloting. All right, then, should we go down and have a look? Might as well. Not quite sure if it attacked us or if it was just pure coincidence. All right, brace yourselves, everyone, for a landing. And then the, the uh, Hope takes the ship and begins descending towards the area. And as you get lower, you comes into view. The, the, the ghost pirate was indeed correct. It looks at, like, you know, a traditional standard rocket ship like it's you know narrow and cylindrical pointy at the top and it looks like it landed somewhat in the sand but then didn't quite make it and so it's a little crooked over onto the side and it's just sort of sitting there in the sand boy what's this well it looks like uh, my mate was right it's a it's a rocket ship but I don't know what's in it. Do we even have time to figure out what's in there? It could be some gnomes. Space gnomes, they're the worst. I don't want to get into an interaction with a space gnome. (laughs) We'll be here all day talking to them, because they'll put doubts in our mind, and we can't let it go, and then next thing you know, they're they're on the ship, part of the crew. We We know a space gnome. Do we know a space gnome? Yeah, you would know if you met a space gnome. You've not met. If you have to ask, have I met a space gnome? You've not met a space gnome. They're Ch- worse than Chance the regular is gnomes. Currently floating through space. While oh, I well, respect if a gnome your, ca- oh, pardon me. While I respect your fear, this would be an opposite of a space gnome, for it came from the Earth. Be a ground gnome. Well, this Lava friend, gnome. I reckon it came from above and flew down. Perhaps it did come from Earth. It well, has I the rocketed out of the lava at us. Well, you didn't really see where it came from. It just flew past your head to the oh. ground. Oh, so you don't know where it came from. No one, yeah. Mm. But it does look like an Earth-style rocket ship, like metal and with strange language along the side markings. There's mm. a, a a big square of red marked with. Like a, a marked with stars in gold on, on this marking. Look, loath as I am to further complicate something that has already gotten further complicated, we're here. I think we should at least do 
our due diligence and take a look. Sounds good to me. Hope's been landing the ship this whole time. <laughs> okay, well, the ship has landed, so... Save some time. Yeah. Right, then, who wants the honors of opening the damn thing? I'll do it. The metal could be hot. All right, very good. So, Varel, you descend from the boat and walk with your feet, squishing the sand. The sand is warm and, dare I say, lovely feeling. This close to the lava, it has a malleability and warmth to it, unlike usual sand that is refreshing. Um, you make your way towards the, the the ship, and the ship is, is smoke like it's smoke, smoky and hot. Can you hear like a lot of tss and exhaust coming in from everywhere? There's small little circular windows in some of the spots, but it's darkened and you can't see inside. And there's just like a traditional brown door. Wait, like a like a wood door? Not a wood door, a metal door, but it's, okay. you know, man-shaped and doesn't look alien. It's not like a hatch or something. It looks like a door. And um, it doesn't have a handle on it, but it has a handle, but like it looks like it opens width-wise, doesn't come out, like push it in. And well, I'll, I'll walk up and give it a knock on the door. Right. Big old clunk clunk. Bung, 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 bung. You rap on the door, and then you hear footsteps. Doof, doof, doof. Heavy and thick. You hear a clatch. And as the door opens, the form of a chrome man steps forward. Oh, man. And the principal steps out. What is this guy doing? What a but, nerd riding his <laughs> rocket ship. <laughs> but <clears throat> but he looks different. His form is look slender. And you notice right away because they stand out so much. There are no rings upon his fingers. The ley lines in his body are subdued, small. He has the appearance of a young adult version of himself. But seeing as you've only ever met one chrome man and the facial expressions, the facial structure matches the look of the principal. He's unmistakably him. And he looks to you, Varel, and he says... Good. I found you. into a chicken a little nervous <laughs> <laughs> all right sorry wrong button um <laughs> <laughs> yeah he makes that he makes that little noise as he sort of sputters a little bit and he stands and bef- before you you are uh, damn it this takes way too long <laughs> keep asking I, questions <laughs> i am banned who Ascendant Vladimotrix, I am the principal of this planet. But you may not recognize me in my new. I'm glad to see that you have all survived. We have much to discuss.
So he's in full. Yeah. This is him. He knows us. He knows all. This isn't young him. This is like reconstituted him, but he knows everything that he already knew. Yeah, he introduces right. himself as the principal. He knows you, you all. And he, as he, he steps out of the door, he has slung over his pack, a slung over his shoulder, a pack. And he steps and sort of pushes past you, Varel. Not aggressively, just moves past you. And he walks out into the circle. And sort of where you've landed, you can see lava pools and different things all throughout the horizon. He takes out the pack and he begins... Um, uh, he, he sort of removes some of the objects with his hand and you see there's like a flint and tinder and there's some canvas in there and some sticks and he begins building a shelter just solemnly without really talking to you too much he starts putting up a tent and then he starts creating a place for a bonfire and he lights it and also from the pack he pulls out a chrome bow with chrome arrows and he silently is working away at this. I will make my way back to the ship and kind of, you know, putting a hand up to cover my mouth facing him. But since, you know, I have big old lizard mouth, it kind of goes around past the hand. So it's not really mm-hmm. that stealthy in the first place. But I will attempt to whisper upwards. Does he think the magic is off? I don't know. I I regret opening the rocket now at this point. This is definitely a complication I feel like we have to deal with. (laughs) It's not an ignorable one. And, uh, frankly, I feel bad. (laughs) Principal, while your display of camping is welcome and peaceful... You said we had much to discuss before you began gallivanting. Please accept my humble apology. Situational awareness. I am still weak. What are you weak from? I am weak from our encounter in the Nine Hells. You see, when Stanley made the offer to Asmodeus for some sort of sweeter deal and banished me, banished me into the deepest pits of their anus beast, and there I was melted in its sun that it hosts in its inner being. My chrome body was... Disintegrated into. Oh, your chrome body didn't hold up. That's that. What a shame. I would like to know what sort of deal. I'm sure you're aware by now. Gods are not to be trifled with, wantonly. So hopefully, some good came. She did, but it's going to take more than losing a body. To stop me. But I we mean, have urgent business on this and well, we must get to it, yes. Some good did come of it. It sounds like you were disintegrated. That sounded like uh 
That sounds like progress to me. It was merely a setback. <laughs> Tis but a scratch. But we can we can discuss that now if you wish. set up some nourishment for myself. Uh, we should sit and plan our hunt. The beast still infects our home. Or we could take you now while you're weak, finally arrest you, not kill you, because obviously you come back as whatever the hell this is. Drag you before the people that you have hurt so, and lock you up forever. Brave <clears throat> mm. words. Very admirable. But while you conduct yourself doing this, the beast that has taken hold of this consume us all. So it's your choice. Attempt your best to bring an immortal to the justice of mortals. So save our world. It's your choice. I can grow a new body. Can you? Oh, you won't need to grow a new body. We're going to let you keep this one just with a couple holes in it. say about that well now that I've been stripped of all the cool stuff I used to be able to do and given your weak state and my distaste for just about everything you ever said I'm inclined to feel like Stanley where maybe we just end you here stripped of your cool stuff huh? <laughs> Your way with words will disappoint me. But uh, I, I would say I used to be a dragon. I used to have further from the truth. I used to be a dragon. I used to be immortal. I used to have lots of cool stuff. I don't have that anymore because of you. You were not a dragon. You were a creation. You were my creation, and you are a sliver of but my perfection. And no. I don't think you've lost anything cool. Go on, turn into a dragon now. This is some kind of trick. It's not. All right. But I made quite sure to account for some redundancies. Fine. I'll do it. I'll be so irritated. I'll just do it. I'll I'll do what I usually do to conjure dragon and see what happens. You, you okay? So, um, so in order to conjure dragon, how, can you describe how you look? Uh, I just go <laughs> make a grimace face and pop it. Make your grimace face as you normally do, and before everyone else, you, you your shoulders begin to pop out. And the little guy on your shoulder, who's still there, by the way, he goes, Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, you got a mouth and an eyeball on your shoulder, right? Yeah, yeah. You still have your baby hand as well. I do. 
and your your body begins to change shape before everyone. And it molds and shifts, but you can't quite get there. And it's, he turns halfway into a dragon, but he never turns to scales. He just turns into a giant John Carpenter flesh thing. And but and as you make your way to try and transform fully, you just you get stuck and you get tired and have to stop. Okay. And does it go back to normal if I stop? Yeah, you sort of pop back to normal after you give up effort. And he's and the principal says, "See, you have not reached the full height of your. I can show you the way, but your." Colleague, your fellow hero, see me, I'm indisposed, pride, crime, even though I share as much credit as the four of you for rescuing this world. Then we can bicker, or we can ally against Breaker, the only beings on this planet that can save it. For the future, for our children. Are there any? Oops. You have children. Is he cutting for you guys as well? Love it. Okay. Am I cutting out this voice as new? It cuts out toward the end of stuff you say. So we miss My apologies, perhaps I shall speak louder. <laughs> he asked if we had any children, right? That's oh, well, I do. Yeah, I asked if we had any children. Sorry. Yeah, Nash Is it starting to cut out again? It was working for a while. It wasn't like cut. It's not like it was cutting out before, but it's like a tail end of a sentence. It just like goes away. It's weird. I think it is a volume. I think it's. I think it was a volume thing. Probably. Oh, yeah, because it's like super blasting loud when I go to principal voice, so I don't want to give you guys ear bleeds. But then when I'm normal voice, it's so quiet, so we cranked it up. <laughs> you yeah. know, so it's like ah. It's no worries. Um, I would. Nash- yeah, he he asked if you had children like him. He's fighting for the future of the planet. Oh well, I would say. I, I don't know if they're like you, but I definitely have children. And I'm taking them with me wherever I go. Is that true, Nash? Yeah. I'm a grandfather. Yeah, but you're not going to meet him in that context. Maybe genetically, but you're not... You're not hanging out with my kids anytime soon. Why would you wound me so now? Because you're a giant metal man who's up upended everything. Why would I want my family? Enough. We can discuss this later. Great concerns, and I realize I must prepare our... But, uh... It gives me additional reason to want to fight. And defeat this monster. Will you not join me? We don't have to do this separately. We can. It's all well and good, Principal. You are aware that once we're done and save this planet, we intend to do such things as 
lie in the sun and grow food, live rather peaceful lives. Our fear is that in helping you in any way, reconstitute yourself, we'll be playing into some sort of future machine of yours. If, however, you intend to join us in this revelry of peace, then we can be allies. I am a friend of the mortal. I realize it is hard for them to shed their notions of... But my enemy is not the living. My enemy are the gods. We are the playthings of... But to do so requires a... <laughs> I see my voice is not fully functioning. The next I... thing I say will be the most important thing, so listen carefully. Just remember... <laughs> I hate Discord so much. <laughs> Principal, regardless of your... vocal constitution... You made a place called Slave Town, of which we disagree with. Your friendship to mortals is lacking. A heavy price had to be paid. I, uh, there was no way to achieve my goals. <laughs> Let's take off. It is, it is the burden of leadership. The fact is, great things cannot... through to anyone. <laughs> testing, testing. Uh, it just misses certain words. Usually I'm the very regretful words. of this. I'm sorry about this. <laughs> I will speak closer into the microphone. Uh, my internal brain microphone. I'm not sure it's a volume thing. It sounds like it cuts. Yeah, it might just be. It's like cut. it's peak cutting or something. Like it's not the, like you have a ceiling on something. How about now? Good so far. That sounded good. Yeah, that's yes. all right. It's working better. <laughs> then let's try it this way. He's reconstituting. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> we can't be crowned. <laughs> so. So he he opens up a part of his metal head and begins. There's like dials in there, like made out of chrome. He begins tweaking them in his voice box. He realizes he's not being well understood. Perhaps we can discuss this over dinner. And he says, par "I'm paraphrasing as a DM." And he opens up like a can, and in the can there's a bunch of nuts and bolts and pieces of metal. And he puts them into a pan, and he, as he starts like a, a campfire, he begins warming up the metal nuts and bolts in the. I. Uh, you guys just no. want to kill him, right? <laughs> I, I'm detecting a lot of like, why? why no, <laughs> I want to fight him. This is an excellent example of why you. Do not understand mortals. You are about to eat nuts. 
<laughs> I'm afraid. This is what I mean of sacrifice. There are those that are weak, yes, Principal, but you merely give them tasks suited to their needs. You have repeatedly shown yourself as an enemy to this planet. And while your knowledge on whatever lies in this lava lake would be useful, I find your presence most distressing. I understand, Grill. I understand that in the eyes of mortals I may have made mistakes. And I find myself taken aback by the news of my grandchildren. I cannot be certain or promise anything for the future. What I can tell you is, the world breaker must die, and I once again ask for your help. Um, so would you then try to kill Nash again and leave us, uh, tied up? I have no further... I have no further... packs to resolve. Once we destroy the world breaker, the only thing that I would wish the most would be to meet my grandchildren. I think I would slow turn at Nash for that one. I mean, that would be the most you'd ever get to do is meet him. I don't want you involved in their lives. They're nothing like you. I'm good at it, but uh, what is it? Insight? <laughs> See, he's actually feeling feelings. <laughs> sure, let's do it. Ah, oh, 18. Inside Reno. 18, a plus one to that, yeah. His metal expressions are hard to read as he doesn't have the same micro expressions that a mortal tends to have in same readings. It has difficult to determine his sincerity, given his machine-likeness. However, based on your role, you feel there is truth in the, in the words. Whether it's the whole truth, that is still an uncertainty for you, but there is definitely truth to the words. Principal, pardon me for a moment. Uh, 
hero's huddle, if you will. <laughs> TM. And I will I will put out my arms in kind of a bowl shape to bring everybody in. I assume, have you gotten down? Or I assume you're downstairs and everyone else is still on the boat yelling up. I yes. don't know if everyone, yeah, okay. That's what, that's what I've been picturing <laughs> as well. All right, so you get back, you clamber on up the boat and do the hero settle. Gotcha. I think he tells the truth. This weakened principle is uh, tame. Well, even if, even if he's tame, why, why, why are we? I don't know. He was like the guy we wanted to kill for so long, and now we could do it. And now, I mean, do you think it because he's weakened or in a weakened state, or you know, found found out he finally has a heart or something that we should just leave him be or work with him? Like, what do you mean? At this current juncture, we have no way of reaching the beast inside the lava. Is massive but profane knowledge will be quite useful. And if he says he doesn't have any more deals or packs to finish up, then we probably won't end up trapped after we defeat this beast. Probably. I don't trust him. He's a murderer. He's killed many people all of us were close to. He's weak. I say we pummel him into submission. We load him on the ship. We fly him to that prison. And we deposit one more lich in a prison that contains them. Hmm. He can send letters to my kids. He doesn't have to see him. <laughs> I'm with Stanley on this. Perhaps that's the deal then. We take advantage of his knowledge that he has gathered to defend this planet in his own way. And if he succeeds and remains innocent, we deposit him one place with the threat of this other. We could also play along for now, find out what his plan is, find out what he knows. He certainly at least seems to know more than we do. Once we have our information, then we can decide how to act. We all know the code words. Lemon and tree, aggressively. we drag him to space jail. If we don't, you know, maybe he'll have an accident helping us fight a monster. The big We're thing is, is, I think if he dies, he will come back. I think what we are seeing is the reconstituted form of him so if we kill him we're simply going to get another rocket although maybe that actually gives us an idea of where he keeps his uh, extra bodies extra selves or where he reconstitutes from got nothing but time to look for it once we deal with all these other problems What was the name of the prison? Pentelvice? Yeah, Pentelvice. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll look at Nash for confirmation. I would nod. 
Alright, I will break the huddle and go approach the principal at his campfire. Yeah, we see he's there now. He's taken the um, the nuts and bolts and he's taken the pot off and he's now scooping them up with a spoon and eating them. <laughs> Is he crushing them? Yeah, he's crushing them, but little okay. parts like there's like that high pitch like fingers on chalkboard sound and he's like, as he eats the nuts and bolts. Alright, I'll sit down at his fire, you know, sitting quite up straight and action ready all the same. Hmm. Principal, we have determined that you can be an asset, but we have a very, very special place for you should you turn to evil again. I'm listening. There's a place called Pentelvice, which we think would make a excellent home for one such as you. In fact, we know several of your kind that reside in there in infinite comfort. However... He rolls an, I'm rolling an inside check. Continue. <laughs> However, if you denounce your ways of villainy and use the knowledge you have gathered to safeguard this planet, we will find a more hospitable home for you in the end. I take it then I am on parole of sorts for my behavior. Was this Nash's idea? Nash doesn't have many ideas. (laughs) (laughs) That was quite funny, Varel. I speak true. That was the elf man. The elf. The son of Delete. The elf wants you dead. This is my plan. And I will be your warden. As well, I was theirs these past years. Sorry, you first. <laughs> With their contracts over, I find myself in need of new subjects to protect. Perhaps I can be in aid of your efforts through my council. The future holds many opportunities, and I have the time. Very good. I do not, it seems. There is a baby in our world we wish to defeat, and we are going to do it in the lifespan that I have. You are on parole with many levels that could be taken away. I assume your hands and feet, for instance, are optional in your current form. So please, with haste, we would like to make use of you. Very well. Sorry. <laughs> I just had to cough, but I didn't want to cough. Voice changer on because it's gonna. Is he getting quieter or is it me? 
Like, you sound like you're a mile. No, I probably got oh. quieter. Yeah. I got to do a lot of flipping around on the mixer to get things back and okay. forth. It's you're not good. a one-button press deal. It's a four-button press to switch voices. Anyways, um, uh, yeah, he's sort of coughs a bit and is just a little off-put. He's, he's still seems to be adjusting to his new body. I'll uh, I'll wave back to the group with some sort of motion of. Actually, I guess it would be unknown. It, it, it would be one of those like you come in here. Where should we go there? You know the the wild point of distant communication. The Stanley will head down. Well, seeing Stanley go, Hope will follow. And Nash, do you want to be a part of this clown show? <sighs> yes. <laughs> okay. I do. All right, so the party then descends to circle around the campfire while the principal chews on nuts and metal nuts and bolts <laughs> in a very squeaky way. <laughs> um, out of a frying pan. Um, I think at, there, at this point we're at the midway of the show, so I think we can start uh, the midway break if everyone's good with that. Yeah. And then when we get back, we can continue our discussion with the principal around the campfire. Sounds perfect. We'll be right back, everybody. Go take a few. Do what you need. Do the things you do. And we'll be back shortly with more. See you in a minute. And we've returned from our break. We continue with where we left off. Bo? So the party descends from the Fate Six, the remaining members, Stanley, uh, Hope, and Nash. And they sit in a circle around the campfire that the principal has created as he chews on his nuts and bolts uh, stir-fry. The rocket ship continues to vent exhaust in the background, and you sort of see this scene of smoldering lava in various directions. The campfire, the party around the campfire, the rocket ship, and the Fate Six landed just beyond in the distance a little bit. The principal's silent and contemplative as, as everyone takes their seats. So, Vlad, talk. What do you know? What's your plan? How do we go about doing this? Yes. Why is this wet sounding? Nothing you're eating is wet. Uh, there is... It's sprinkled with oil. I used motor oil as a means to fry the nuts and bolts. But pertaining to the beast, I have had, before their untimely demise, the Dragon Sons research what they could. I have downloaded their data into my knowledge base. Worldbreaker, the beast summoned by Katobal Wraith, is a creature called a Tarask, rare and from other planes of existence brought to the prime material as war machines. Their size and power is without match. We are Chances for success are quite low. It is capable of evading magical effects through its natural carapace. It is able to resist magical spells in a way not known to any other entity on the Prime Material. 
It is large and claws with its hands and impales with its horns and whips with its tails. Its countenance is fearful and in the hearts of the unready will cause them to cower in fear. Finally, the Tarask can swallow villages whole into its stomach where it digests these creatures. My understanding is that this is not the first great beast, but the heroes of the wastes have fought before, but it will certainly be your most formidable. We have some environmental control uh, concerns as well, namely the vast lake of lava that we will have to fight. I have brought a solution for this. Hope. You are the most vehicularly savvy amongst the group, yes? Yes. I brought us some tools. Go check my rocket ship and see what you find. Hope we'll go to the rocket ship and check it out. Okay, so you get up and, and walk towards the rocket ship. There's a little ramp leading to the door. The door detects your presence and whooshes open. And as you look inside, you see one large spherical room, lots of control panels and screens, a large chair for a, a rocket man to be strapped in, essentially, in the middle. And off to the side, leaning on one side of the rocket ship, are these large metal uh, surfboards. And these surfboards have, like, seemed underpinning it, seems to have these large engines towards the back, very mechanical, looking very technical. As you move to even just sort of lift one up to see the weight, it is quite heavy. You hear the principal call after. Yes, bring one out, Hope. Show the team. Uh, what will we, we will be using? Hope will attempt to bring one out. Okay. Uh, with all of your strength, every muscle flexing, you lift up the board capably, and you walk out with it down the ramp and back to the group. Like what that... Didn't that spaceman have this? The one that wanted the, the sand burger? I do not know who you speak of, but these were created and engineered by our finest minds as an assault vehicle for our elite Koromukishi. However, they will not be needed by them. We will use them. Lay it flat and press the pedal. Hope's totally into this. She's trying to pretend not to be into it, but she's really into this thing. So she will. So you lay the board down flat and take you step upon it where you naturally think it should go. And you see that there are various buttons. There are pedals on the floorboard of the surfboard. And as you push the big one, you hear a... 
circle and you begin to hover. It produces a bit of exhaust sound, like a... As the surfboard lifts off the ground and makes this like whoosh it wobbling sound like and hope floats above the ground. And you can feel that you can kind of make turns by carving like a skateboard, leaning forward or leaning back. You can kind of and that's how you would conduct your turns would be by leaning like on a skateboard. Um and you you start to float above. She'll try and take it in a circle around the group. Really trying not to smile at this point. What these buttons might do in experimenting, you see that one of it uh, is uh, basically an accelerator, and you can kind of click it into gear, and then you move your foot over, and you're able to... You know, get into first gear speed and you start floating around. And everyone sees Hope make a little loop in front of them as she flies around. And part of your loop goes over a little, little, little vein of lava and, and crag in the ground. And you, you feel no change based on elevation. So this thing works independent of elevation, it would seem. And the principal speaks out. Yes, since the terrain will be difficult, we will have to fight it by air. This is also why I brought my bow. Ranged weapon and magic will be best to begin disabling and cutting through its defenses. We will have to fight it this way. It moves too fast for stationary combat like your foes in the past. Apart from that, I ask you to help me concoct a strategy in which to weaken it or disable it somehow. If we pose enough of a threat, it will focus its attention on us and we can use that to our advantage. Any ideas on what we can do with these surfboards? So far, my greatest strategy has been to be eaten in some way and begin hacking at the innards. I volunteer. Hmm. One second. Uh, okay. A formidable plan, however, this creature is capable of great regurgitation. While many creatures succumb to attack from the innards, this creature... It, it is a known defense that it is weak from the inside. You may have difficulty finding a way to maintain an internal uh, tactical point. But perhaps, as we weaken it towards the end, we make this move. Does the ship have any weaponry? The Fate Six? Dad's boat? 
don't think it does, right? There's no cannons on it. There are always cannons on other ships that we used, right? Um, it does have the arcane ballistas on the bow. Oh, nice. So yes, it, it does. <coughs> um, it has the arcane ballistas, and uh, that's about it, though. So we could take these under the ship, attack it with the ship until it weakens, and then go in. How do we get it out of the lava? Given the size of the lake, we may not be able to. It will need to chase us, but do not underestimate its speed based on its side. It's as fast as any assassin. This is not a slow creature. about your fate six I know that delete has used his understanding of artifice to program redundancies into its magics so it being destroyed is no great loss but it will not last long or be as evasive as these wind boards will be in dodging attacks, I fear that ship will not last long against the Tarasque. Well, then we simply need to make the ship the less interesting target. Maybe we start on the boards, and it simply adds additional aid from the air. That could be, yes. Or, you know, you position it and it does not attack until the time is right, at which point it can release its barrage from the arcane ballista. I have a question. You made me uh, try to turn into a dragon earlier and it didn't work, but I kind of started to do something. Uh, What does it take for me to realize whatever that full thing is so I can have that in whatever fight we're going to have? If we still had access to my laboratories, we could determine the nature of your impediment, but... Likely what is holding you back is your greatest fear. Hmm. This is a struggle from within. Perhaps the Alhandari can help you with your psychological roadblock. Fair enough. What's your greatest fear, Nash? Uh, hmm. Probably the safety of my family. At least that's what my fear would be now. I think it's changed. Are you afraid that your monstrous side will destroy everyone you love? I'm more afraid that you'll screw us and kill him. I speak from experience. I have had to sacrifice much of myself to attain what I have attained. And with the knowledge that I have some kind of progeny, my... I am feeling feelings. A strange and distant phenomenon lost many centuries ago 
I too fear losing my my will. It feels like weakness to have those you care about in the face of battling gods. you have magics. What magics do you and Stanley offer as part of our tactics? Certainly you must have something to offer here. Well. Um, in light of the massiveness of this creature, I don't know how much I have to offer. I've got that's why I asked about my form, if I could do something there. But I've got, you know, all my spells. I could tell them all my spells. Yeah, but do you have any spells? You know, like uh, Stanley said he had the polymorph plan. Yeah. Snail, throw him into a pen of ice, maybe throw him into the sun or something. I don't know. So do you have any anything that your spells can do to offer tactically as part of this uh, problem-solving well, we could go with the old favorite and shrink him in half. That does anybody any good, or blow somebody up twice as big. But it seems like the bigger the the, the target, the more we would want that thing to go small. Unless he's resistant to such things, I don't know. He Sounds does like have high. Resistant. He does have high magical resistance, so you might have to plan on trying a couple times, weakening in some way. So you've you've encountered enough legendary en- enemies to understand that you know the legendary resistance mechanic is a thing in five E D and D. So usually you got to burn some spells to burn the resistances. So that likely is a factor here. It could be something you and Stanley both coordinate together as part of your tactics, understanding that he's resistance resistance and and has high defenses versus magic. But you don't necessarily have to target the creature directly to make use of spells. If you have anything that is even useful, you might just have all damage dealing spells. I'd it's a lot of damage stuff. But does he have anything? Is he? He's not in a. Um, he's not in any sort of containment, right? There's not something he's inside of that's holding him, or like a cave. You, or you haven't made any visual contact, so we don't know any of that yet. You don't know that information. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, nothing... I don't have anything I could just, like, jump out and go, oh, yeah, but got the perfect strategy for taking on a Tarrasque I don't know anything about. Yeah, you have a lot of, da- like, straight-up just damage-dealing spells. So, yeah. You know. I mean, I've got Banish, I've got some other stuff, but they're not going to help us in this case. I mean, Banishment will just temporarily get rid of him anyway. I can reverse gravity. I don't know if that'll work in congruence within something else. Make him fall into something big. What's the... Is there a DC on that, or... Uh, Dex 18. Oh, okay, so it's not a... For which spell, sorry? For, uh, reverse gravity, 7th level. Is it a magical effect, or does it apply the reverse gravity to the terrain it's in, and then the dex save would be unmagical? It, uh, let's see, concentration up one minute, 150 foot cylinder, uh... Anything within that space, I guess, has to make the Dex 18 save. So, so it reaches the top of the area, so it would float up 50 feet. Yeah. Hmm. 
but it might be a better role than, you know, a more magical resist sort of problem. I like this. If an object or creature reaches the top of the arrow without striking anything, it remains there oscillating slightly. Just float, <laughs> I just picture it as there. a video game glitch. Like, it's just circling around. <laughs> like, <"Whoa." laughs> yeah. It's like Lydia's brain. Yeah, pretty much. Definitely seen some of that, Jank. So that's okay. that's something. Um, Banishment also has some interesting text in there, too. You should have a look at Yeah. Attempt to send one it's creature not from our plane of existence. So, if it worked, it would just be gone. If the target is native to the plane of existence you're on, which he isn't, you banish the target to a harmless demiplane where there the target is incapacitated. Hmm. Yeah, but read the part about if it's not from a plane, <laughs> it's not from our plane. Because that's what applies to it. Target is banished with a faint popping noise returning to its home plane. If the spell ends before one minute has passed, the target reappears in the space it left in the nearest unoccupied space. If that space is occupied, otherwise the target doesn't return. So the spell ends and the point of target reappears in the space. So... So it and that's if it ends before the one minute. That's if it gets... Your concentration gets interrupted. So basically... If it doesn't belong to your plane of existence, you can banish him back to his home plane. As long as you don't take damage and get the spell interrupted, it's gone forever. If your concentration gets disrupted during the minute, it comes back. That's what it's trying to say, essentially. Yeah, and yeah. we'll definitely have ads, because why so wouldn't we? we? We did say it was from the weird plane. Uh, anybody listening who's you know familiar with the Tras monster, it's probably primarily known as a material plane creature. But in this case, it is not. Thus, if it is returned through established knowledge of the creature to its plane and your spell is uninterrupted uh, then it will be gone forever and your Nash would be aware of this since you learned the spell and know its ins and outs yeah but um, the the question remains is just getting the spell to stick what level of spell like how many pulls at the trigger do you have on a spell like this well it's a ninth level is it ninth no yeah you can run I can no. do it at ninth yeah, but, it's like uh, a fourth level after. It's a fourth level spell, so you can burn, you know, you have, uh, what, one, two, three. I mean, all the higher levels five, give me are just additional seven, creatures within the range get sucked Yeah, out, what so. I'm trying to calculate for you is the number of attempts you have, which is up to nine. Yeah. If you, you know, so you, you it's not like, because yes, if it's highly magic resistant, I would bank on it possibly failing. It has to succeed on a charisma saving throw. So you, you may need more than one attempt in order to do so, I would I would bet that as part of my strategy. Um, but if you manage to actually cast a spell and make it stick, it would be gone. Is there any size restriction on the spell? No, just to, the cat. To um, one creature, and then at higher levels, uh, fifth and higher, I can target one additional creature for each slot yeah. above four. So. Right. So, yeah, so in theory, if you don't cast any other spells, you've got up to nine attempts to cast the spell and make it go away. And if the rest of us are using magic that's making it burn resistances, potentially, it's more likely to go off. Right. So just to under, again, to re-explain the rules on resistances, a lot of boss monsters and, and high-level dudes have legendary resistances where the DM can just decide, well, I failed it, but it succeeds anyway. And that is usually a, a number per day. So 
uh, often it's between three to five. So I can choose it from any failed thing just to succeed. I don't know if I have to use them up right away. Yeah, I can choose. So it's up to me to choose. But of course, you know, uh, when, when, when that creature is going to resist something. But it's not per round. It's per day. So once you burn through the legendary resistances, then you just got to make the spell stick by him not passing us a check. So banish is actually a super strong option for you in this encounter. Mm-hmm. It's a very powerful spell. And considering the what you're facing is just one creature, very fortuitous that you don't need multiple instances of it or anything. Well, I would offer that up as my as my solution then. So table talk wise, if we hit it with a bunch of random bullshit <laughs> that is low level and try to burn the resistances off or somehow lower those resistances, mm-hmm. we could then hit with the big boy spell later on. Yeah. yeah, but keep in mind you can't just do like the dinkiest spell in the universe. This is a large creature. You'll probably just take, you know, if you do some hit point damage, I can choose to or not. So he might just the creature might react in such a way as like, oh, firebolt! C- congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will not roll. I will fail that throw. Big deal. So like, it would have to right. be sufficient. You would have to bait them out with sufficiently strong spells. And so this is where Stanley potentially comes in. He has sufficiently, he may have some sufficiently strong spells that would trigger the resistance and help with Nash not burning his spell slots. Well, I would be, character-wise, Varel would be building a small map in front of him with sticks and rocks of the surrounding area mm-hmm. and would explain his idea to push the beast or have it pursue us through the leaden fingers to the north and possibly even lose it in the stormlands or use the stormlands to attack it. Hope's still riding around on the surfboard. <laughs> just <laughs> in the background that? while this conversation's I, going oh, okay. on. Just back yeah, yeah. And <laughs> getting yeah. used to it. Yeah. It's actually quite formidable with enough speed. You can even do a loop de loop and not fall off the board, but it has to be fast enough, though. She falls off once and then she gets back on in the back. Sure, sure. Yeah. She's playing hard. What spells do you have, uh, Stanley, to help with your strategy? Who's asking? <laughs> oh, just me. I'm just, you know, like, oh. th- this is a, a planning session. Uh, I just, there was a little bit of, well, you know, the principal asked what magical spells were there and there was a bit of silence and I'm like, you guys should know what your spells do. You have options. So I'm just sort of helping. At uh, the scale, I'm not sure how effective it's going to be against a Tarask, um, cause it, it might just be big enough to just go like, you no know, F your wall. Um, but I do, my new ninth level spell is prismatic wall, uh, which is the hell of a thing. I like it a lot. Um, it's kind of a quasi attack slash defensive spell. And basically I can either make a wall or I can make a protective sphere. And if something tries to pass through it, uh, basically it can choose, it, it, it has to pass through it, but there are saves at every level as it tries to pass through it. And each one is 10 D six damage and potentially a greater effect as it goes through one by one. Uh, and it's either force its way through it, 
and take all the hits or try and break them through methodically one by one, which takes a turn each each go. So that might eat some saving throws as well, or potential saves uh, from the creature as it tries to get oh, through yeah, there's it. A, yeah, oh my god, that's huge. There's a, saving, it's, it's a, there's a saving throw and considerable damage on the way through. Again, this is a beefy creature, but it's that is... It's a very good option, for sure. It's seven individual saves. Right. So, uh, like, yeah. This creature being as huge as it is, I, you know, I, I can't, I don't really want to spoil things or promise uh, an outcome of it. Right. It, it might is, not care about it's all one 10 spell. D6 damage, you know, whatever, but there might be a few where it, it feels the need to succeed. But it might care about it if it's, if, you know, you have Varel and Hope, and the principal who might be wailing on it in different ways and saving, conserving hit points may be an important factor, right? Like, it's not the spell in a, in a silo, mm-hmm. maybe not, but we don't know what's going to happen in the fight. So one, seven saving throws for one spell is definitely good value, and you have other spells, right? It's just one ninth level Yeah, spell. that's so, one, that's one yeah. level nine spell. So that is a fantastic option. Not to mention game. Disintegrate is an extremely high damage spell that, you know, is nullified by a save, but that's a strong like well do i take an insane amount of damage on my monster or do i automatically save so that one's very good for potentially baiting out eating saves or at the very least doing extremely high damage to it Uh, and i can do that a few times i think maybe only once um no i think i can do it i think i can do it a couple times uh, got lots, lots of blasted, uh, but I'm not gonna lie, I'm definitely designed more for fighting the principal than fighting a Tarask. Um. They would, these would be similar tactics to taking in mind, right? Like, boss monsters have bosses and legendary Well, sure, but I took a lot of things like creating cones of silence so spells couldn't be casted and stuff like that. Like, right, right. Um. But yeah, I mean, the, I got dissonant whispers to stall any advances, um, you know, force a save there. We've got, uh, you know, healing stuff, dimension door to teleport if need be, polymorph options. Um, I mean, if command could go off, I, I almost feel like there's a word. Well, no, probably not. I think it would take too long to do. I took this stupid Dream of the Blue Veil spell because I thought we were going to need it to teleport, and then we didn't end up going that route. I'm so sad I have it now. I don't Mm. think there's a way to trick it into doing the Dream of the Blue Veil. Because I think it has to be, yeah, it has to be a willing creature. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think Feeble Mind is going to work on it because it's, uh, it's probably already in a place where like you it's just going to turn it into what it is. You also have your polymorphs, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got lots of those. Um. The Heroes Feast, uh, although I don't think I have any bowls for it anymore. I think I used the last one. Um, but if we can find a bowl before we fight it, it will at least nullify the fear aspect of the creature. Because he mentioned it can cause fear. So we can 
theoretically undo that aspect if that spell can be cast again. That's right. That would be that would be what the principal communicated for sure. Sounds like a good plan. Uh, Hex is another one. I can cast that. I think I can only cast that one time, but um, that can make it uh, have a failure on specific skills if it sticks. In addition to taking more damage every time I deal damage to it. Okay. Well, as this, yeah, this is a, this is good stuff. So, you know, you guys could formulate a strategy or maybe I'll have the principal respond now and help sort of bring this together, but you could plan something effectively, maybe that way by, by burning through the legendary resistances and then letting Nash, giving Nash his opening. I think that probably sounds like the best way to deal with it. Yeah. We just don't have a very good way to bait it. We can get all... So it sounds like it would be angry at Stanley because he's going to be doing all the stuff to it. If you're on the ship, what's your dex? Are you going to be surfing? I mean, surfing would probably be easy for Stanley. I got vehicle proficiency and extremely high dex. I got a 20 for dex. Surfing sounds like a horrible idea for Varel. That's going to go very badly. Well, you may want to do your land and attack business uh, on it. That could be a... If there is going to be, like, a tease out and then have the ship start its attack once the creature's already been engaged, that might be a time where Varel leaves the ship at that point, but he could theoretically start on the ship. And I mean... Because if there's room for two on a surfboard, Hope would be happy to take... I mean, Varel might be the best since they're both melee. They'd have to get up close anyway. They're big boards. I mean, if anything, I would like to... Arnold Schwarzenegger predator up this leaden fingers with some traps and, you know, boulders that'll fall on toes and such and generally be a nuisance in the canyons... To slow him, because if he's going to be going as fast as a surfboard, you guys are going to need some way to difficult terrain from down here. It sounds like we're probably going to take at least a little bit of time. I don't think we're going to be launching right into the fight, because it sounds like we got to have Nash deal with some issues. So we may need to have him unlock the power of his heart or whatever. Uh... I need to go find a bowl at the very least. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you guys wanted to create traps and stuff. Yeah, I'd love to find some choke points throughout the fingers to create some basic snares and trip wires and such. You know, trip boulders I don't that we think can funnel he... it through. I don't think the elves will be very uh, willing to work with the principal, so I don't. Maybe the general would, so maybe we can have access to additional allies to help. But I don't know if they're just going to bring empathy grenades and stuff. Although that might burn resistances, right? Because it would be a resistance to empathy grenades. Right, but remember, it's 
choose. So if it doesn't perceive something as a threat, it's not going to choose to save against it. I guess. It's, yeah. You know, so and you, I, you have to think grades grenades we've seen are kind of weak against stronger creatures. Yeah, they're meant for humanoids, for people with uh, f- family issues. I don't know yeah. if Tarrasque mm. really has those. <laughs> for, you know, neurodiversity and personality problems and things like that. He's <laughs> a Tarrasque. I mean, we'll see what he how he behaves, but if it's a giant kaiju monster, probably, probably not. I mean, how much, but, how um, much charisma does that creature have? Because my, my stuff is all about charisma. That spell we talked about, the banishment. How charismatic I mean, is I don't that? think Tarasks are sexy monsters. So. <laughs> but I could be wrong with 5e. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? So it does sound like we could have a little side preparatory projects to go before we get underway. Okay, so let me make a list of the side projects here. So Stanley wants to... Get more gem-encrusted bowls. <laughs> yep. Well, you scoff, but that's an important part of... It, it is. It's one of these... I gotta go get some stupid bowls, you guys. Like, I'll, I'll be at Walmart, you guys. Will... <laughs> Everyone's setting sure massive we want the monster Walmart traps. Brand, You're like, I gotta yeah. go shopping. I mean, we know where Walmart is, so... You know, maybe they maybe they got Jim and Crusty bowls there. Go get a bedazzler and bedazzle your own bowls. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim and Crusted bowls for Stanley, and then he wants to feed everyone a hero's feast. Feed everyone. I'm writing this down. So the night before, that's the plan. We're gonna make the hero's feast the night before we fight. Mm. Feed everyone a hero's feast to. Protect fear, protect against frightened. You see, then I get the spell slot. I see what you did. Yeah, use it in the combat. That's the plan. Yeah, it's a good plan. All right, uh, Varel, you want to make a mountain trap? Yep, and I'd like to investigate the stormlands and what uh, what exactly is Red Skull on the map about them, and if we can use that to our advantage. Okay. I would probably get the, if we can pick them up, get the lizard folk involved in making snares and traps and boulders to push on toes. You want to get your your, um, lizard tack team involved? Yeah. They think it was glorious fighting an even bigger lizard. I mean, they could participate in the fight too, although. Yeah. You know, but yeah, lizard tactical team involved, investigate stormlands, make a mountain trap. Uh, Hope. I hope we'll want to practice because she's assuming now that Varel's going to be on the surfboard with her, so she's going to uh, opt to drive him around and practice driving them around and all of that. All right, so he's going to need the Fate Six if he wants the whole tack. You can take Varel around, but you can't take you know his seventy something lizards on the surfboard. <laughs> so he'll need the Fate Six. <laughs> so maybe you can get one of you can get some hapless sucker to help instead of what because you want to practice piloting with two people i'm taking it right yes so i'm sort of picturing you take somebody who doesn't want to do it and saying like i'm the queen that you have to do it they're scared the whole time and you they have to do it but you can choose your partner obviously so um if pharrell is unavailable because he's working who would it be helping you um box, box available maybe Bogbox not weight comparable to Varel. <laughs> no, but maybe Shit. Monsoon will give you a hand. 
she'll look at the principal and she'll kind of nod at the surfboard. For a training session? I'll respond in a second. It depends on what Nash wants to do. Nash, what do you want to do? I mean, what do you mean? Like, where do I want to be? He but- may need daddy time for his... We oh, for my thing? Therapy. Yeah, I I need to find out how to harness whatever it is I've got in addition to all this other talk, because I don't... So your dad said he'd help you. Do you want to go with dad, or do you want someone else? To I'll go with... I mean, who else knows? He's the only one, right? Don't get too attached to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so want. Hope, uh, the principal might not be available. He would prioritize probably Nash over you for for his time okay um she'll put the surfboard back on the ship well I mean Stanley is going to need to learn how to ride one as well so I mean getting a bowl I don't know if that's going to take the whole time compared to some of the stuff everybody else is doing so I will need to learn to ride and I could certainly help help out with that as well Okay, cool. That sounds good. So um, they'll switch back and forth and practice this. Yeah, maybe you guys can be a two team and you can go to the Walmart, find the bowl, and then do practice. Yeah, shopping trip, then <laughs> surfboards. We can take the surfboards to the Walmart. Yep, it's right to date. the Walmart. <laughs> and then the big ship will pick up the lizards on the way back home. And it's this is, good. This is all, man, we've really planned this out efficiently. Like a good day of errands where you're just like, man, I condensed this list into the fuel. As long trips. as there's no traffic, it's done in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Great. All right. So you're getting the bowl from Walmart. Okay. Perfect. And overall, the tentative battle plan is you have some steps. Uh, so it's remember, you got the principal on your side, too. So, uh, you know, the melee, uh, like, who's going to. Who's going to lead the attack or the bait? Who's bait? I feel like it should be anybody who's a magical heavy hitter because they can stay pretty ranged. So I would think that, like, it's threefold. It would be Nash, Stanley, and the principal doing their ranged attacks. And whoever's hitting, you know, whoever's being perceived as the greatest threat is who it'll chase. And we'll kind of try and take turns. If it is as fast as he claims, we may need to do like someone hits it hard and then they spend their turns just racing while other people hit it, you know, to try and get the attention kind of pull aggro the, yeah. to use a term from the solar mines. I so, hear. So Nash, Nash, Stanley and principal on boards getting its attention. Yeah. What about hope? She's a ranged character. Got some guns. No, no. She's got the rapier. Two mm. rapiers. So once once the creature is engaged, maybe at that point the Fate Six can lower and send in Hope and Varel and start unloading while there's yet another distraction on the field for it to deal with. You know, again to borrow more Solar Mines nomenclature, you let the DPS ramp up after the tanks have aggro. <laughs> okay, so Nash Stanley Principal on boards, and then Hope is going to be on the ground. Uh, no, she and Varel will be on a board eventually too, right? Well, I'm, I'm Varel. I think will be part of the trap. Yes. Oh yeah, because we're potentially having them go through the 
the mountains. So the plan, right? as I understand it, is to bring the um, bring the beast to the Stormlands, where Varel will be waiting for a trap, and the environmental, hopefully, some environmental uh, advantages in the Stormlands. All right, so hope you ferry Varel through his maze of traps while he he and the lizard folk spring him, and then once they're done, you can turn and unleash uh, full fury on them. Yeah. I like it. Okay, so Hope will be with you for the kiting. For the See, the lessons of the solar mine yeah. paying off now. This is good. So, Varel, you're going to be up on the board as well? Like, everyone's going to be on board, so no one's being uh, placed somewhere? No, I'll be down on the ground in the the leaden fingers, triggering the traps with my lizard brethren. If it moves fast, though, you'll need a board. Trigger it, board to the next one, trigger the next one, board to the next one. There are five boards, Varel. One is for you. Yeah, I, I don't really have the decks to do it very well, though. That's why Hope's going to drive you. Wouldn't kill you to keep one, though. But uh, up to you. You can lob it like a spear. Yeah, I, I could <laughs> I could definitely have one with me to join the group or use. Or yeah, I could I could uh, Mr. Incredible that board into the Tarrasque. Right, spin around like a discus, then turn the engine on and just fly with it. Oh, yeah. Like it. He just looks like one of those sign flipper guys, but he's using it as a weapon the whole time. <laughs> like rather than stand on it, you're clutching it by either side, ramming it like a like a spear. But where is the mattress sale? <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So this is the plan, um, and you're going to want to conduct this uh, over the next bit of time. So you relay this information to the principal, um, and the principal uh, res- responds and says. You have grown a lot in your years adventuring. This is a competent plan. I will be with the baiting party then. My one concern is the lack of physical damage in case our magical attacks do not work. That's why I have this bow here. Do we have other melee ranged options? Or not melee ranged, uh, physical ranged options. Diplomacy. Yeah, not not really our strong suit. Hmm. Uh, well, we can procure some ranged weapons. You are dexterous, Stanley. Perhaps an elfin bow of some kind would would be good to obtain. Yeah, I can check while I'm at the Walmart. I'm not certain Walmart is a place for quality weaponry, but... (laughs) You've clearly never been to one in Arizona. Let me tell you, it's very different. (laughs) That is factual. I've only known one Walmart, the one in the solar mines. Its quality leaves something to be desired, that is certain. Many centuries ago, there used to be Walmarts all across this planet. It is a shrine to an older time. 
When the wild Walmarts return, the planet will heal. <laughs> That's all the transphere does. Look, it spawns Walmarts. It's a neighborhood market. Com- commerce returned. Let's build homes and restaurants. <laughs> a suburb with a little path where we can walk on in evenings. I return to those peaceful times a dream I've had for very long, Stanley. Well then, it is now nighttime. We can rest or you can begin your plans right away. As for me, I will stay here and meditate and Nash and I will try to unlock the innate ability to shapeshift that resides within him. He may have lost his immortality, but he has not lost his malleability in the physical realm. Come, Nash, sit with your legs crossed on the other side of the fire. I'd go do it. I'd go sit with him. I would hate yeah. it, but I'd do it. Now put your arms out like I am doing. What am I side? Oh, my lord. Is that necessary, Nash would say? We must empty your thoughts. You must be one with your flesh. And now begin as I do. That reminded me of something I probably can't say. He wants you to hum. He starts, so he has, he's sitting cross-legged and he has his arms on either side and he's going, his eyes are closed. He's, he's going, hmm, he's humming. Does he have to, so he wants me to hug him? No, hum, hum. Oh, hum. Okay, I'll hum, hum, yeah, I hum like, with like a Like monk style. And so the rest of the party can see now you're both locked in this meditative. Yeah, I'm fine. I don't, I can do that. That's fine. Can we get a hum? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With that level of effort. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder you can't transform. <laughs> <laughs> the half-hearted attempt to uh, be at one with yourself uh, while the principle seems to be a technological marvel of oneness. Yeah. Um, yeah. The rest of the party uh, can get up and go begin collecting their affairs. I'm just wondering how much time everyone has for the remainder of the day. We are closing in at the seven o'clock t- end of the top of the hour. Um, well, that, I have uh, to pack. Mm. Sounds like if we lock in our plan, then the DM can prepare. So as long as we get yeah. through whatever is needed yeah. there. The idea being, uh, if we lock it up now, then you know we will. I will recap. I've written it all down. We will recap tomorrow or next week when we start the show. That way it'll be minimal having to remember. Yeah. Um, we'll take care of any, th- any business in between. If you have to add something to your inventory and we can just get right started with the hunt. Yeah. I think it's that like, sounds good. Yeah. That sounds yeah. great. Hunting the biggest game the known D and D universe has. So we can get right started uh, next week. That's why I just wonder how much time we have to really get into it today. Partially my fault. I was late, listeners. So if your show's a little shorter than usual, uh, the wonderful voice of the principal that I want to bring to you every time it's available is the cause of it. So, yeah, it's the price of perfection. Blame the principal. Oh. Yeah. 
He's the he's power the, okay. of Chrome. <laughs> okay, so with that, uh, Hope and Stanley get up on one of the boards. Uh, Hope, you're already super proficient, and Stanley, as soon as you get onto it, it is you are not yet there, and it is a little concerning. But you know, you've you've been on adventures before, so you can handle it professionally enough. But she takes off. Pew! out in the distance in like a like a 90s cartoon you just take off and then when you hit the point of invisibility a little shine sort of ping hit the silvery star shine hits out where you've left off um Varel, uh you clamber up on the fate six headed towards the solar mines where you will pick up uh your lizard folk are there any other do you want the goblins are there in full force still there's still plenty of goblins do you want to involve bok bok in this in any way i would want to do a fly over the leaden fingers and the stormlands to see what I'm working with and how many sure. choke points people I would need. Is there a place for goblins to okay. like run and out of caves and throw stuff or so uh, a recon first, then pick up lizard folk yep. or pick up lizard folk. Then re- okay. So you, you do a bit of recon first, uh, but you know, it doesn't take very long for you to fly out there on the fate six. Uh, it is a large and seemingly endless um, mountain terrain. And, and basically where the the planet's wound of lava ends is where the mountain range starts. So literally rising out of the lava is this mountain range. And certainly lakes and rivers of lava are moving between the mountain range. Now, as you proceed through the mountain range, you notice that part of it is covered in cloud cover. And there is a what seems like a severe lightning storm occurring, with uh, a very intense frequency of lightning. In fact, like being in there seems extremely hazardous, and that lightning is striking at mountains and various parts constantly. So you bring your ship sort of towards the edge and see an unusual sight for this planet: torrents of rain and lightning all concentrated in this one center area of the leaden mountains. Um, it is an unnatural thing, this, this thunderstorm. But the thunderstorm in there is constant. Badass. Yeah. Uh, you can't see very far inside the, uh, the precipitation and, and cloud cover, so you only really have the periphery to examine without entering in, which... Would be dangerous. Hmm. Well, if we end up fighting in there, it'll look like a a Marvel effects mess, but it'd be. Oh yeah, we're gonna very be putting cool. the, the Disney uh, ILM is gonna be working overtime and crunching yeah. for oh, no yeah. additional pay on the next episode for sure. The Unreal Cave. Yep. Well, and maybe <laughs> so. In addition to uh, my stupid bowl that I need to get, uh, I will try and get. It looks like I'm proficient with crossbows. So, at the principal's recommendation, maybe I'll see if I can acquire a nice crossbow uh from the are you getting a walmart somewhere. crossbow or are you gonna no not a wa- i'll ask my people for a good right. crossbow. if you get a walmart crossbow add a standard crossbow if you get one from your people go look for a plus two crossbow they can okay go yeah i'll get a good i'll get a nice <laughs> crossbow yeah, um, but with the the chrome arrows that the principal's firing i mean we might be turning the tarask into a lightning rod mm-hmm. those are sticking into its body Maybe he'll. Well, you'll need bolts for a crossbow, not arrows. Yeah. But maybe he can get you some chrome bolts. You know? Yeah. But I would need to hear from. Uh, that's not an idea Stanley has until he hears about the lightning. So. Yeah. All right. That'll be uh, after well, the fact. Add your add your add a plus two crossbow from the Elhendari magical arsenal. They they previously offered you. We still have weapons. 
for you. Um, okay. And so for Varel, back to you. Um, anything you want to do with the reconnaissance at all? or um, Specifically, I think you want to make a rock trap to bury it inside mountains. You're probably going to need some explosives. Or... Well, that's it'll a still, good point. Yeah. It'll take a lot of work to manually mine out rocks big enough for this hunt. Yeah, so I'd want to find uh, exact chokes that we could get everyone aware of that we would be setting up at explosive sound great so we can get the goblins involved in creating a rudimentary burying trap that won't work but this is all just to slow it down right so you know Hmm. give it boulders as marbles in our the fingers home alone mission yeah okay so you'll need the goblin you'll need at least bok bok and some explosives but might as well bring some other goblins too yeah all right uncle severed is not thrilled about it, but you're the you're the highest ranking officer aboard the ship currently with Stanley not on board, so uh, he's going along with it. Uh, what sort of crossbow bolts would I be able to get for this thing? Is it the just standard or I would plus just get one standard or plus that. two? Or? I would just get standard. Your weapon is okay. the plus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so then you're going to ferry back, and your tactical team doesn't require any conversation. However, you know the goblins may need some explanation. Uh, so, are, are we going to talk to Bok Bok for a bit on, about this issue? I'm down. Okay. So you've landed the ship. You've gotten your lizard folk up, and um, there's still a block party going on in the uh, goblin encampment. Uh, you make your way through the haphazard hide tents and, and you eventually arrive to a mosh pit where King Bok Bok is sitting on a stage in front of people with loudspeakers. It's blasting There's this loud music and everyone's like they're throwing chicken legs at each other <laughs> and, and you know wiping chicken grease on their face and go Bleh! and just being like crazy ass uh uh, goblins and uh, Bok Bok sees you with a ch- piece of chicken wing in mouth he, with his mouth full of food. He goes, "I'm for real!" And the and, and the goblins sort of make way and part in very like epic fashion. Except they're all still moshing. It's not dignified at all. But a path is parted where he grants you audience before his throne, and you walk up Varel style to the to the throne. And he goes, "Varel, welcome." Great King Bok Bok save Gooby! <laughs> I will give him a bow and say, Great King Bok Bok, congratulations on your victory in Goblin. No need for honey word! You are friend! You get corrupted treatment. Friend no have to follow rules! Only lamos follow rules! I see. Well, uh, which rules should I break first? Just be Varel. Very good. You want chicken? Absolutely. Mm. Bring chicken! And then a wheelbarrow of cooked chickens just come out from the side. It's like one of, there's like two goblins holding a wheelbarrow full of chickens. And then the, they put the wheelbarrow down, but it falls to the side, as wheelbarrows do. And all the chickens get covered in sand. So they just put the chickens back into the wheelbarrow. And, and, 
and they go, chicken for Pharrell, friend. Is this a goblin size wheelbarrow? Uh, no, it's a regular size. That's why I took two of them, one on each <laughs> handle, to bring it out. <laughs> okay. There's like 50 chickens in there. You have no okay. idea where the chickens came yeah. from, but it is like, it's the world's biggest uh, uh, wheelbarrow shawarma. All right. I will pick up in like a large basket of chicken and mm-hmm. place it next to Bakbak and Bacock. have a seat down. <laughs> Bakbak and Bakcock. I like Bakcock. <laughs> <laughs> and as we enjoy the party for a time, because I want to make sure they have their celebration, I will begin telling Bakbak of the plan to put Blowy in the mountains. Mm. So he, he rubs his face, his, his chicken grease fingers on his face, leaving large marks as he in contemplation. Look, Forel, leading Bakbak people, big learning. Big learning for Bakbak. Learn Bakbak like blowy, but Bakbak people lazy. Bok-Bok have to be angry and hurt goblin friends. No friends no more to make goblins do. What ask? Very scary. <laughs> How Bok-Bok tell goblins to do scary thing? But Bok-Bok will help. We give explosives. I know explosives. No more blowy. Can say explosive. You proud? Very, Bok-Bok. You've come Good. a long way. Me proud, you too. Have, have you have you make bang-bang yet? Bang-bang. <laughs> Bok Bok, no long time. Never make bang bang. I bang bang five times more than you. But I'm just goblin. You are great Vorel, but no bang bang. <laughs> I see. Yes, I have done the bang bang. Good, good. It'd make my goblin heart happy. I make training for you now. You teach me common and teach me warriorness. I teach you love. Uh. <laughs> Perhaps this when really we return. how it should end. <laughs> <laughs> we, found the, we found the best ending. 100% ending. We mocked yeah. it, everybody. But before this, I helped with last problem. Boogie must be saved. Big boogie in sky that we live on must be saved. I bring explosives. I bring some goblin, not too many. They fall off ship and we lose. <laughs> it is good to see you again. And he gives you a big hug from his chair. And the goblins go, Ew! all grossed out and cringy at the hug. <laughs> the big chorus, they don't like this open affection, but Bok Bok gives you a big greasy hug and your scales are now covered in chicken grease. Yeah. Sure. I hug back. And I eat chicken over his shoulder if he hugs for too long. 
Okay. <laughs> that, that happens, and you eat chicken while getting the hug. Perfect. Sounds like I have my explosives for the mountains. Yes, you do. And so with that, the interaction uh, resolves itself. Uh, there's some celebrating. It's hard to pull them from, but Bok Bok finds people to command eventually. And they start wheelbarrowing explosives into the ship. Um, only occasionally do the wheelbarrows fall over on their side, dumping out TNT everywhere. Uh, but no accidental explosions occur <laughs> as the TNT, uh, as the Fate 6 is filled to the brim with barrels and barrels and barrels of gunpowder and TNT that they found in the solar mines. Um, if TNT were gold, they've hit the they've hit the gold rush here in, in the solar mines. So with the lizard folk, with a small goblin contingent and a ship full of explosives, you're able to return to the Stormlands. I would highly advise not getting hit by any lightning bolts with that much TNT on the ship. Yes, we want to do it in the canyons here of the Leaden Fingers, leading to the Stormlands, and the Stormlands being our last resort if we are chased that far. Okay, maybe I can put your face somewhere to mark the spot here. Let me just get your token. I think I think you should have, you know, be able to have control of it in Roll20. Is this uh, Corvu... The Corvudican. The Corvudican. Yeah. Is that active, alive? Um, you you definitely saw a rocky path opening up at the mountains, and the building is standing there, uh, unaffected by the lava pools. Yes, it's elevated. Okay, you don't know be, what it is, but yeah. it'd probably be the best path to get it invested in chasing us into the mountains, and then we cut off from there. Uh, let me see if I can do a little little line draw. Can you see that line I made? I do. Yes. Cool. So I would be looking to basically find the various canyons and natural approaches it could take chasing the ship and the surfboards and find maybe like three locations along here that I could set up some sort of trap. Slow it oh, down. Those are perfect markings. Hang on, let me... Alright. Uh, so leave those markings there, but just in case they go, I will mark the Varel points. We can pick the one you're stationed at, but very good. And so you'd like to build, like, explosives. So you find, like, the natural path going through, and then you put explosives at the top of the mountains to be triggered uh, by, let's say, remote detonation with a detonator. Now, do you want to give the remote, or do you want to give it to Bok Bok or someone else to be responsible for? Uh, Bok Bok being king is not expendable. So if I can do the remote... I don't have any training in it, so I don't know if I would need a roll to press a button, but if I can understand the basics, buck, I'd be buck. happy pressing the button. Buck, buck, show how to make button. And he sort of has this big like contraption. It's all wiry and stuff. It's got big three buttons. Button one, button two, button three. We make easy for lizard. <laughs> Perfect. The relationship really changed. Yeah. I speak good common now. <laughs> and um, he, uh, yeah, provides you with the detonators for each or it's all on one like data pad like a mechanical pad for you so you can control them or you can uh, delegate it great and thus with those set up and that uh, friendship persevering uh, we zoom out into the uh, wider shot of the lava field and then slowly we begin to see 
a hardened gray carapace emerge from the lava. Bloop, 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 and then we cut to black. Direct to Vince Gilligan. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And that's this week's episode, everyone. Nice. Nicely done. Next week we'll find out awesome. uh, how the hunt resolves. Yeah. And uh, thanks, everybody, for your patience. Had a, uh, some COVID and some other stuff get in the way these last couple of weeks. So uh, Yeah, it's been a rough couple of weeks. So yeah. Yeah, good to be back. Weird late summer stuff. Oh, I guess it won't be Saturday we'll be here because I'll be on vacation. However, we'll be oh, back. No. We'll be back soon. <laughs> Are we doing Sunday or? Uh, I don't I don't get home till Sunday night at nine. So I don't know what we're doing. Pro- probably missing a week as a result. But um, and we knew this one was coming, but uh, all this other stuff came and it made it seem like we were. Barely uh, what are you going to do? COVID's the thing we've all been scared of. That really puts us back a week. We'd yeah. rather everyone feel better than. Yeah, everyone should feel better. That's the timing's just course. weird. Uh, but we'll get it. We'll make it happen. In the meantime, have you been to the fantastic website known as therewillbedungeons.com? Oh, you haven't? Well, let me tell you why you want to go over there. Uh, there's reasons to do it. One thing, for for example, is you go over there and submit your question for the team when we do our special bonus shows. And you're like, wait, bonus shows? What? What are those? Well, those go to our supporters at the Dungeon Plus, Dungeons Plus Supporter Program, which you can find at the site, therewillbedungeons.com. Click it and get in. You're in. That's it. For me, for Bo, for John, for Kristen, for Kyle. Does anyone else? No, that's it. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. <laughs>